0: You're listening to Black Neon Digital Podcasts, episode 30, Tracy Woodward, from beauty counter girl to CEO with a cosmic shopping list. Welcome to Black Neon Digital Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Demeter Hamilton, the founder of Black Neon Digital, and I believe the future of fashion is to honor craftsmanship whilst embracing innovation and to support each other to build businesses that have integrity. Having left school at 15 to work in a chemist, then later moving on to the Clinique Beauty Counter in Debenhams Croydon at 18, to recently stepping down as CEO for Aromatherapy Associates, Tracy Woodward's career to date has been a story of sheer determination and passion. Rising above a challenging upbringing and being illiterate till almost 15 years old, Tracy's approach to life and her career in the beauty and wellness industry is positive, uplifting and playful. In this podcast, I talk to Tracy about her prolific career and passion for learning and evolving, the importance of building strong relationships with yourself and others, the art of being vulnerable and asking for help, mindfulness, empathy, and kindness. Tracy's go-to beauty product and recently working on the UK's first clean beauty store, Holland and Barrett in Birmingham. So thank you for coming today, Tracy. I kind of... How did I come across you? In drapers. So I'm obviously not of beauty industry by trade. It's more fashion, but you know, we're getting more and more and more crossovers as the kind of world comes on. I sort of feel they've been quite separate at time and now, you know, probably with more online and curation of stores and kind of where even, you know, you could sell a vase, say for example, matches fashion have vases, perfume, clothes, everything's getting, you know, more
1: lifestyle
0: lifestyle exactly so um i just wanted to reach out to you and get a flavor of your life and work and where you feel the beauty industry has come from is going and that kind of thing so could we start with your um entry because um you've got a you know the story around your entry into the industry initially so
1: so my career started um When I read a small advert in the evening news uh, magazine, in evening news newspaper, excuse me, uh, they said, "Clinic consultants wanted. Come along to the Westbury Hotel." And I'd, you know, I didn't learn to read and write until I was almost fifteen. So. Um, but I only ever wanted to be a beauty consultant because I'd watched um, you know, Dallas and Dynasty and I was in love with Alexis Colby and Crystal Carrington in a sense that they were glamorous and sophisticated. So for me, I kind of thought, who are these women and, and where do they live? And I discovered them on the beauty counters of stores um, growing up. I had a very um, unconventional, untraditional experience. Um, uh, childhood and you know, my mum used to take me shoplifting and we would shoplift from all of the best stores. And of course, the to get products, the to, yeah. well no, to get the best fur coats and the best wow. duvets and the and the best you know how did you get a fur coat? Uh, let's not that's another that's another <laughs> podcast which uh, yeah it, she used to make me put them on. So and she always used to say to me, you know, if you, if you want to, do, if you want to uh, be successful, you have to look like you belong. Mm-hmm. You have to look like you belong in the place. And so she always used to say to me, you know, we have to look like we belong because yeah. if we get caught, I go to prison and you go to care. And so, so this is why I saw these amazing women that always had good shoes and looked fantastic. And so I thought to myself, I'm going to be one of those. So when this tiny little ad came up, I said to my, my friend, uh, Tracy Jadder, who's been an absolute amazing mentor and support to me, like my second mum. You know, uh, looking after me, feeding me, clothing me, helping me with my first flat, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, she said, I'll take you to the Westbury Hotel in in the West End. And I said, well, I've got nothing to wear. And she said, well, you've got that dress that we share. And um, and I said, but I haven't got appropriate. I don't have appropriate shoes to wear. And she said, I've got a, uh, a, a pair of court shoes you can wear. And I said, yeah, but you're a size three and I'm a size six. And so off I, you know, off I tiptoed more or less. Did you get the shoes? On? Yeah, yeah, I got the shoes on. Don't ask me how, and they were very painful. Because you, 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 I don't know if you oh, know gosh. that when you wear shoes that are, are very small yeah. for you, you always have to tiptoe because yes. you can't yeah. you can't use the back of your your foot. So, so it must have been my uh, lighter foot that got me the opportunity <laughs> with the clinic team. So I, I got a job and started uh, working on the counters at Debenhams at Croydon. What sort of age were you then? So I was uh, eighteen. So coming towards towards you know heading towards my 19th birthday and um, you know I was the one that had to clean the testers and unpack the stock and and do everything within the business but I was very keen to learn and and I had a lot of life lessons and I was high on emotional intelligence so I kind of you know my my mum had a very challenging life so I knew a distressed woman and I knew how to look after those women because I'd spent so much time looking after my mum and so of course when I you know set up uh, you know went on my training was able to you know do makeup lessons with customers and talk to them about their skin before before i knew it i knew everything about these women i knew you know what cars their husband drove where they went on holiday because in those days we had to call them we had to write to them to really build a a strong relationship and it's very personal
0: someone in your personal space and touching you we've kind of lost a bit of that element and
1: i loved connecting with all these women and learning about their lives because my life was very narrow you know i was kind of you know it was a very narrow life um and, and not many people came into it because of you know the type of job my mum had. <laughs> so um, you know we were always uh, uh, conscious of strangers. So so from from that uh, path, I just started to engage and and just went from one role to another and actually found amazing women uh, and men to support me in in my you know progression Um, but I was one of the youngest clinic consultants with the highest average spend per customer because I just connected with these women because I knew how to do that and so and then I went to Estee Lauder and then I went on to um, order department stores and then from there I went to travel retail where I you know at at, uh, 26 I was running terminal one, which was then the biggest beauty hall in the world. So 100 members of staff turnover of 21 million in the early 90s. And then from there, I was approached by Donna Karen Beauty Company to set up Donna Karen uh, in the UK. I figured that I would be, you know, an area manager and actually ended up running the whole company, liaising with Ernst & Young. Um doing the PR, crying every day because I was so out of my depth, you know, I was so out of my depth, but again, I, you know got some great supporters and, and still women that I'm very close to today helped me through that role, helped me navigate that and, and that kind of, that's where I learned about the art of being vulnerable actually and asking for help because, but really we're all kind you know I mean it's rare that you get unkind people we've all got good intentions at heart so so that that's kind of how I progressed and then from there I went from Donna Karen I went to Aveda I was national sales manager for the salon division so again another sector in the beauty industry and then I ended up running the company so um, and took that business from 800,000 to 10.8 million in, in less than four years and so and, and then from there I went to um, I met my second husband not very good at marriages I'm all right everything else <laughs> At marriages, so two failed marriages under my belt, but so... Uh, I'm looking for number three if you know any eligible I think men. Just, yeah. just stick to yourself and you know your life oh yeah I'm all into you know, yeah. find, finding your balance but <laughs> you know from there I I, uh, I went to um, Aveda and then uh, met my second husband opened a deli so East Dulwich Deli so nice. had yeah. a few of those opened a bakery and then went back to Urban Retreat set up the mm-hmm. Urban Retreat business put an East Dulwich Deli cafe in Harrods which I feel you know put East Dulwich on the map actually because yeah. you know most people would say oh, where's East Dulwich um, so that really Really helped us and and then from there um stayed at urban retreat for i was going to say for a couple of years it was all about turnaround and development but uh from from that job i uh always wanted to work for marks and spencers i just figured it would be on the you know in the food hall on the till um, Again, that was another job where I heard that they got a podiatry and free hairdressing in the in the eighties. So yeah. that was like if I didn't get to be a beauty consultant, I was going to MS. Um and then from there, uh, set up the beauty concept at MS, worked with private equity, have done lots of brand development. So I've de- over the over the last fifteen years I've probably developed fifth 15- well, no, that's exaggerating. Twelve brands mm-hmm. that that don't even have my name on them, but I'm yeah, heavily involved it. in them. Yeah. So, um, and people, uh, I've worked with uh, Prince's Trust, Action for Children, um, the uh, Beanstalk, which is a literacy charity, uh, for the Terence Higgins Trust, mm-hmm. uh, for the Eva Pill. Um, so, I've done my kind of mm. bit in giving back and talking about, you know, how you can go from 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 A to Z mm-hmm. um, in life, and I what else have i done so, so the, <laughs> that, the m&s good. concept <laughs> was exciting and then from there went to uh, be the ceo of aromatherapy associates in the yeah. refinery so had three offices u.s uh, london and hong kong uh, again another turnaround a, an amazing business all about well-being and there was a kind of a path through through my career that sat very much in in health and well-being so joining donna karen she was very holistic mm-hmm. you know we you the first book we were given was the seven spiritual laws to, uh, seven laws of spiritual success by Deepak Chopra you know she was into meditation and mm-hmm. stretching and mindfulness and then working and quite with, a long time yeah, ago before quite a long time yeah. ago in the early yeah. 90s and then working with Horst Racklebacker at Aveda mm-hmm. and redefining and I don't know if you remember Aveda mm-hmm. in the 90s but we had lifestyle stores we had yeah. juice no, bars yeah. we had you know everything and yeah. so so my path has always taken me mm-hmm. always in interest and I'll always look at you know what we're now calling clean beauty formulations Mm. but I'll look at ingredients that are a little bit more holistic uh, into you know treatments and services etc and of course at Urban Retreat it was the the biggest salon in the western world you know uh, um Lots of beauty rooms, 20, uh, 30 beauty rooms, uh, styling stations, manicure, pedicure, mm-hmm. uh, wellness uh, clinic, um, a body clinic actually, a medispa, a makeup studio, and a six million pound retail business. So that was really, really exciting and again, learned a lot more about wellness. And so over the last five or six years I've moved more into what does that look like mm-hmm. and my last big role was with Holland and Barrett re-looking at you know what does clean beauty stand for, what does it mean and then bringing brands in and setting a criteria of mm-hmm. an amazing team of people at Holland and Barrett. So the first beauty store which is all clean is a trusted environment that uh, consumers can go into knowing that there's you know there's no greenwashing, it's, mm-hmm. it's it, you know free from uh, ingredients etc. And that's within Holland and Barrett? And that's in Holland and Barrett, okay. the first stores in Birmingham so anyone that's in Birmingham Go and, and have when a look. did that open so that opened uh, a few months ago um, mm-hmm. I left the business last year and took a little bit of time out took myself off on a mm-hmm. few retreats to find myself because last year I, I got divorced for the second time and so um, yeah so my children are 28 and 18 Josh uh, has a degree in civil engineering and my daughter is just finishing our A-levels now mm-hmm. two great kids educated confident you know and i think that mm-hmm. i didn't you know i couldn't read and write at, at 14 so my my goal was to make sure that my yeah. kids were prepared for long term life and they absolutely are yeah and so, very
0: robust and yeah. sure yeah a lot it. of resilience yeah. how did um so one of the things obviously theme throughout your life and actually probably not that many people know about me as well, ironically, having a communications agency is that my A levels, I failed my English, which is kind of nuts. But um, I just felt like the teaching probably didn't fit what I was doing. Do you know what I mean? Although I passed business with flying colours and art and all that sort of stuff, more practical things. Um, Also in this country, we have a UK reading age of around nine. And an average age of the population of around forty. So there's something happening there in the way that we communicate. And you know, there's a, you've done work with the um, not the literary trust, but Beanstalk. the Beanstalk, yeah. yeah. Literacy Can you just talk so, a little bit. So about- Beanstalk
1: is an amazing charity, and what they do is they bring in support workers into schools because you know there are a lot of children in schools where English isn't even their first language, and they get left behind. And so they they have uh, you know teaching. Uh, support and they come in and they read with the children and they play they play games and they help them with their confidence skills mm-hmm. and you know it's, it's an amazing charity and there's hundreds of these people across the country and it's completely funded you know by mm-hmm. patrons really and, and donations from corporations so um, it's a great charity and, and I help them with their fundraising mm-hmm. and basically what they used to do was will me out to tell yeah. my story because <laughs> you know and of course now um, I am an ambassador for their world charity mm-hmm. which is Sarah Brown's charity and that's all about denying no child anywhere in the world a right to an education, mm-hmm. and that's an exceptional charity and I think that um, you know it's scary that I and and I might get these stats slightly wrong but so you know listener uh, go and check them out but I think it's almost by 2050 50% of the child population will be unable to read and write which is very very scary and so you know I know Mm from my own experience being able to 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 you know to learn to read and write and to be able to progress my career that actually I will change future generations yeah. life of you know my children and my children's children my children's children and actually you know my my brother was a recovering heroin addict and and you know had a massive heart attack at 42 a few years ago um and died you, you mm. know and so it, it, that was the path right there, there was mm. this path which you know again my brother was was illiterate um but you know a very driven person mm. but just found himself in a different way of life because the support wasn't there mm-hmm. or oh, perhaps he was you know, vulnerable in different ways and he was a bit of a dr- an adrenaline junkie mm-hmm. so he kind of loved the life that the family lived and I didn't I wanted to kind of get away from that mm-hmm. life you know and so so we went in our different paths but you know he's left a daughter behind mm-hmm. um, who actually spent a lot of time with me growing up and she's got three beautiful children uh, you know she, her, her reading and writing isn't great but she can do it and and so can her children and so you have to you know be able to step in and help people Mm -hmm. change um Change their lives and give them hope and inspire them, and mm. you know that's why I think Action for Children and the Prince's Trust and Beanstalk are such and their world are such amazing mm. charities. And I definitely lean into that and and hope that I inspire mm. people to you know to think about it because once you learn how to read and write, it's very easy to increase your social skills. Mm. It's really difficult to have good social skills and not be able to read and write. Yeah, you know they do go hand in yeah. hand, and so I think it's really really important. What do you think is happening that we're failing our children and?
0: and older adults as well education and the ability like what's the I think you know, education that we look exactly. at now is is, yeah.
1: is pretty old-fashioned in, in the way that we learn in the way that we engage and, and the fact that the classes are so big but I also think that um, you know we have to think about different ways that people learn and absorb mm. information today more more so than ever before it's very very different and you know there are lots of things that we don't need and there are lots, mm. lots of things that we do need and actually I think that you know mindfulness you know, is, is and an empathy and kindness mm. is so important. From a young age as from well. From a young yeah. age that yeah. can just make learning so much easier, right? Because mm. your communication skills improve. And so I, I think that we've got a lot to, to, to think about from changing and adjusting mm. the education system, really. Yeah. Yeah yeah tough one
0: tough one yeah (laughs) let's uh, nail that another day Yeah. Um, so going back to the beauty counter because also one of the things that I really remember that got me into fashion was actually growing up up north at Fennec at the counter all the ladies there were amazing always gave me like little Chanel samples Fennec's Newcastle yes and I was just like you know that to me was like giving you the the access and the permission to these bigger brands, and it was really important. And I still think of that as kind of something quite pivotal in the sense that it allowed you the door to these brands or, you know, and I, th- I kind of feel that the beauty counters still have a massive role to play in that today, because it can be our first interaction point where we come in contact with brands. Um, from you know your experience firsthand on the beauty counter to you know top level CEO what's your feeling about this interaction with the beauty counter and the people that
1: come to it and giving away free samples yeah, even. <laughs> I think it's really important I yeah. think that uh, engagement at any level is, is very very important um I think that uh you know when I was in the beauty industry well I still am but when I was on counter um, you know what we saw is that you could progress so you could be a counter girl and you know you could be an area manager I, I went from you know counter mm. girl to business development manager to counter manager to regional business manager area manager regional business manager and then into the south floor working for a department store group so you could progress I think that those opportunities are a lot less mm. now because there's a lot less of those opportunities and also there are a lot more people with degrees that get those positions so so it's harder for for people to progress Mm. their career um but you know the industry employs uh, you know more than a million people right it makes great contribution to gross domestic product Mm -hmm. it's it's broadened in a sense that it's not just counter girls now it's beauty therapists it's lash experts it's brow experts and it's and for me that element of glamour is your first you know apart from learning how to you know wash under your arms and make sure that you've got no you know uh skid marks on the back of your neck (laughs) then your hair's clean it's the first thing that you kind of really connect to yourself Mm. it's it's really about self-care and defining how you look Mm. and feel you know and and obviously now it's progressed with piercing and tattoos Mm -hmm. and different colored hair and you know things Mm. have changed your identity you take on you you're you're allowing people to engage and um find themselves but I also feel that it's a, a fantastic interaction with brands you know so the people that can't afford a Tom Ford dress can you know mm-hmm. use a Tom Ford deodorant or a Tom Ford body lotion or you know a Tom Ford fragrance or you know Balmain or yeah any of the Yves Saint Laurent well it's not even called Yves Saint Laurent now is it Saint Laurent <laughs> um so that's showing my age um but you know those types of uh, entry-level purchases are wonderful uh, But I also love the fact, I mean, I'm big on self-care. I believe that self-care is your first form of health care. You know, if you look in the mirror every morning and tell yourself a goddess, eventually you will be. If you look in the the mirror every morning and tell yourself that Mm -hmm. you're not and that life is, you know, look at me, I'm unhappy with this, I'm unhappy with this, I'm unhappy with this, then eventually you create this downward spiral Mm -hmm. for yourself. And it's easy to end up in a wormhole. And actually, putting a bright red lipstick on, we know the lipstick effect, right? When things are difficult, people go, you know, straight for an entry-level purchase that's going to make them feel Better And, you know, I'm delighted now that we've got health and fitness and well-being and self-care practices and meditation and yoga and, you know, great body lotions and bath soaks and and candles and, you know, an opportunity to just be and and cocoon ourselves in whatever feels right for us. Um, I think that the one thing that we forget to tell ourselves is how fabulous we actually are. You know, because we always think that something is going to make us feel better, but actually, I believe that making yourself feel better comes from within. Yeah. Um, And these are just. You know, they're little the layers almost, of, of, yeah. of armor, mm. you know, that you put on. Mm. I always say, you know, when I put my makeup on in the morning, it's all about applying the day. You know, I'm turning in, into my warrior mode to get on with the day. And when I take it off, I have a meditation where I, you know, what went wrong, what didn't feel right, how I felt is coming off. And it's, you know, it's going in the bin. Well, actually, I don't even use um, tissues now. I just use a, a, a face panel. So, you know, it gets mm. ringed out and goes in the washing machine and it's washed away. Yeah. Because I so can't do anything real, yeah, about that day. it's a real process
0: of kind of... Yeah, it's very of, yeah, cathartic for me. Yeah, like a yeah. ritual kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we all need those. Yeah, I think so. so like, I, as soon as I come in, face goes off, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I, just, yeah. I just feel like I need to be clean, basically, yeah. from the tube and all sorts of stuff. But um, talking, there's two things I want to pick up on, which is clean beauty, but also... Um, Identity. So like identity, you were talking about, you know, that initial first step into perhaps a beauty counter where you find what you want to wear, what your taste is, whether it's red lipstick or dark lip. Or, you know, back in the day for us, it was kind of dark lip liner and a white yeah, yeah. kind and of color, nude colored lipstick. Nude color yeah. lipstick.
1: But, um... yeah. I've seen them all. I've seen them all. <laughs> crazy, when, I worked, when I worked for <laughs> Clinique, we had to wear more than 30 products. What, on
0: your On face, our face every day, every day. Yes, yeah. so
1: it'd oh be God. like two to three foundations, concealer, you know, uh, face powder, five or six eyeshadows, a base, you know, oh a God. brow pencil, a lip pencil, an eyeliner, a mascara, you know, a cream blusher, a powder blusher, and then wow. you know, a dust of powder to seal to, it all in. To
0: find what it's like and try it. and it. Yeah, get and just to be able to say, know. look,
1: this is how you know this is this is how we apply makeup. Yeah. You know, I I did, although I, I you know although I didn't look like Alexis Colby, I probably weren't <laughs> much makeup as alexis colby <laughs> oh yeah. my gosh yeah. how
0: how on earth then from that from 30 products did you get to the stage where you are now and you've decided what your what your products are you know you've been through obviously yeah, well lots I, of different brands yeah and, and i think
1: what happens is you kind of you you know i'm 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 more of the understanding now that it comes from we within mm-hmm so, you know, looking after your skin, protecting your skin, making sure that there's not too much pollution, keeping it clean, sleeping well, you know, eating well. Um, beauty does come from within and also being happy, you know, finding mm. your joy in whatever you do. So, you know, I don't want to, you know, sound like I'm knocking my own industry. I'm not because I, I still wear, you know, beautiful products and I still enjoy using products, but I don't put 30 makeup products mm. on my on my face. I probably use about 10 yeah yeah so um but um but that is part of my ritual Mm. so and they're all edited so you know i use uh, by terry uh, rose serum and then i use uh, a qms tinted moisturizer and over the years i've just put together you know all of all of the things that i love Mm. and 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 uh, does it fluctuate with how you're feeling or with like the weather or do you always just have your like 10 go yeah well i've got my 10 go to's but also i think that you know, one of the things that when I did the Marks and Spencer's project, I, I went on the road for six weeks just talking to the customers, find out how they they felt. And you know, I love that when I spoke to the customers in the stores, you know, I said, you know, "Why? What would if you were to do really great beauty products at Marks and Spencer's? What 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 would be important hmm. to you?" And they were like, "You know, I, I love the fact that I could come in in my jeans and not be judged. I love the fact that there's not loud music everywhere. I love the fact that you know I can bring my screaming baby. Or you know, I used to go here, but I'd feel out of place there. And hmm. so now, you know, then there's no judgment, and actually I can buy." something for a five, or I can buy something for 50 quid and that works for me and so what we did at m um, and in those days is we created this kind of tip out your makeup bag and we would pick out you know the blue eyeshadow that you've had in there since you got married in 1982 and say that needs to go and it needs to be mm-hmm. replaced to this so giving women back their confidence mm-hmm. and so I I, you know I love a makeup bag you know show me your makeup bag yep. and I'll go like that's got to go that's got to go that's <laughs> got to go actually that mascara you know just so you know you should be old. changing mascara every three months <laughs> you know it, it shouldn't last you nine years. Is. Yeah. So um so yeah, so I love that sort of stuff. How have clean you clean your brushes and sharpen your yes, pencils? The brushes thing are yeah. a bit. they creep yeah. on up yeah. on you, doesn't
0: it? They um, do, yeah. How have you retained your identity as you through motherhood, through your career from the beginning to now and you've just said again, you went on a retreat and you, you're kind yeah. of like looking so, at taking so break. So I,
1: yeah, so I do believe that kind of health uh, you know, healthcare care comes from self-care it, you know, and and my mum sadly died of, of cancer and spent her life on medication you know, it was, I will give you tablets for your high blood pressure and then you know, your statins and then there and then and then and then, it just mm. goes on and on and on so I kind of thought, well you know that that's my choice right, I don't go down that route or I really think about how I'm sleeping how I'm exercising, how I'm behaving, how I'm managing my stress levels. So that's a big part of it for me. Um, My kids say that I'm probably the most youthful mum that they know. I mean, uh, at least three times a week, I dance around my kitchen Mm. singing to old soul songs or, you know, and like I just told you about, you know, the tiny desk concerts. I'm like addicted and (laughs) and my kids are like, you're such a kid. You're such a kid. And I think that it's really important. I mean, I'm 54, of course, but it's really important to find your youth and hang Mm. on to that joy and whether it's dancing or cycling or running or you know or mm. reading great you know short novels or watching trashy tv mm. you've got to find something that anchors you in an element of youth otherwise mm. we 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 become old very quickly and and actually i like to be where i'm learning and engaging so last year you know, um, moving moving to the Cotswolds and changing my role, I actually I decided that I wasn't going to listen to the radio anymore. I mean, I love Chris Evans, and so I do you know commit to him, but everything else was a bit too miserable. It's a bit mm. too depressing and negative. So, what what I chose to do uh, was to Shazam songs. So wherever I'm at, whether it's been in a bar or uh, not, that I go to many bars, but private members' clubs yeah. or you know sitting somewhere and I hear something, or in a in a department store, I'm going to shazam it, and yeah. from that I'm going to acquire your playlist, yeah, my yeah. playlist, mm-hmm. and I'm going to do playlists by the month, and then I'm going to engage with them, and I'm going to you know look at things differently, and it was great, and then suddenly you know I got a love for Fin Lizzie again because it, one thing led to another, mm. and you know last week I was dancing to Womack and Womack, yeah. you know, so I I just think yeah we need to hang on to those yeah. elements, those elements of joy and in and through through parenthood mm. and changes in 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 life and challenges. it's mm. so important to do because it feeds creative thinking. Yeah. Yeah. and we all need that, right because yeah. none of us know what's going to happen. We're on a fast, mm. you know um, a fast learn, all the time now, everything is moving fast than mm. it's ever moved before. You know, my kids go 100 miles an hour. I'd struggle to keep up. But everything is so fast and, and yeah. we've got to find ways to anchor ourselves. Mm. How, how have you managed to create an
0: anchor? Um, I mean, it, your kind of career trajectory has been incredible, okay? Like, how is, has there been people along the way, because I know you're very giving back as well, Thank that you. have has supported you as your anchor
1: throughout yeah, there's definitely bad. people that, that yeah. have kept me anchored and grounded in in what I do, and there's also people that say I don't recognise you anymore. You know, you're a diff, different person. Well, the fact of the matter is, is, that we are designed to evolve. Yeah, you know, that's what we do every day. That's what you know, centuries of, of, mm-hmm. of, of you know people do for centuries, and they'll continue to do. is we're always looking for an evolution, and I encourage you know, encourage that, I encourage that learning. Um, but it is you know, I one of the things that I've I've learned is being vulnerable is probably uh, quite empowering because mm. if you you are not. If you can say this happened to me, or I was in this situation, or you know I couldn't read and write at fourteen or fifteen, actually, does does that make people judge me? Does it make me see things differently? Um, what it does is it releases me from shame. It releases mm-hmm. me from negativity. It releases me from what other people think. And so as soon as I remove those uh, those uh, weights from my life, I'm, I'm lighter, right? Mm-hmm. And so I encourage everybody that if there is something that you can't do, you know, we don't know what we don't know. So you've got to constantly be exploring that and pushing the mm-hmm. envelope. And so if you can't do it, it's not a problem. You just learn, right? Yep. And if, mm-hmm. if you don't like the learning process, then actually you're not eager enough to learn what you thought you wanted to learn. Yes, yeah. So don't worry about it. You know, I don't always, I always look at those people back that say oh i so want to learn how to ski or i so want to learn how to play the piano and they never do and it's like you didn't want it bad enough because if you did you would i want to be able to sing like snow allegra but it ain't gonna happen (laughs) oh my gosh we're gonna have to do one of these (laughs) tiny um, desk concerts we could do one together we'll have to mime i I think yeah let's do it
0: (laughs) definitely have to mime um i just want to talk a little bit about the future of beauty so in in the sense of We've touched on clean beauty. It's becoming much more prevalent, and also, you know, the ingredients to, to put in put in the initial product, but then also communicate that out. We're getting now battered with a bit of greenwashing around what these products are. We're also having to become what I can kind of describe as home beauty lab experts, you know, and yeah. understand the chemistry of things. Yeah. What what is this clean beauty and what are we, what's that all going to look like and how are we going to interact with that and do we have to get a degree in chemistry to understand what we're putting Well no, in I, d- I don't think
1: we do and I think the exciting thing is, is that products are getting simpler and simpler so if you look at brands like Skin and Tonic and uh, Five Dots and, um, and could go on uh, and give you a list and list, uh, you know, verse, there's so many that, you know, they tell you what's not in the products, right? So that's a, that's a quick tick um, and there's great books like, um, there's a great book that was written in the uh, early 90s called Don't don't go to the counter without me, which tells you all all about bad ingredients and what we shouldn't be using and the contraindications of using those pro- mm-hmm. those ingredients in products. And so I just think that that's become more diverse because actually what we're seeing now is if you look at, you know, the, the big four and I'm, again, I'm not going to name people because I have a duty of care to my industry, but you know if you look at all of the big brands you know, they're buying less and less of the niche brands and uh, they're buying them when they get to, you know, 20 million, 30 mm-hmm. million 100 million, but actually now what you're seeing is you're seeing more and more women, especially entrepreneurs, deciding to create their own hair care range. I mean, there's a beautiful brand out there called Bouclem, you know, they, for curly hair, you know, and it just focuses on focuses on uh, mixed race and curly hair and, mm-hmm. and, and it, it services a need. And that came from a female entrepreneur that said, actually, I'm tired of doing this and actually I want to put these ingredients in, but I don't want to put these ingredients in. So we've got, you know, a, a point now where, 10 years ago, you know, the, the big corporations probably own 90% of the beauty industry, mm. right? Now that sits at about 70%, mm. I would say. Um, and so there's 30% niche happening. And so every week there's another beauty mm-hmm. brand uh, launching. And it's just about finding what feels right for you. And so I encourage everybody, I mean, definitely go and look at Holland and Barrett. Mm. And we've got over 100 brands in there. Um, but, you know, there are great websites that you can go to. There's a great uh, uh, content beauty is, is clean. Mm. And so there is... T- there are lots of um criteria. yeah Yeah, i mean going to whole foods you know they've 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 banned 100 ingredients from their beauty products and so but it's it's what it's what's relevant to you really Mm -hmm. and so if you want to watch toxic beauty on amazon then you'll kind Mm -hmm. of see the things that you don't Mm -hmm. want in your Mm -hmm. products and you make those educated choices but it has to be personal Mm -hmm. i feel um and i and i and i feel that in the same way that Kodak probably thought there was always going to be film there. Or Nokia thought they were only going to be the, the you know, the the phone provider mm-hmm. of the future. I mean I had a sixty two ten for years, right? Um brands are having those moments and it's not just happening Mm. in beauty it's happening everywhere and so you've got to be able to 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 keep up but it's very easy for a young brand with a great idea to create something than a big corporation to change everything and so if you start out as a small brand and you're turning over you know 200,000 a year or a million pounds a year and you've actually looked at your sustainability from a packaging perspective where you're sourcing your ingredients how many miles your ingredients are doing etc 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 it's very easy and now with direct to consumer it's very easy easy to tell your story Mm. and we love people's stories because you know we we all want to be inspired by Mm -hmm. somebody and so i think that the beauty industry is an amazing industry Mm. to be part of and it 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 does take a lot of investment and it takes a lot of effort and it takes a lot of um uh you know engagement encouragement and money but it's easier probably to do than fashion Mm -hmm. Because fashion, yeah, you got one, chain. two, three, mm. four collections. Mm. I mean, you know, I don't know what's going to happen there. I mean, I personally want to buy less. We don't mm. do Christmas presents anymore. I haven't bought a Christmas present in about five years. Mm. I had an agreement with my kids. Do we all need more stuff? No, yeah. I don't. You know, when is enough enough? Mm. And so we don't do that stuff anymore. You know, so so lots of things are yeah, happening and, and lots changing, of changes, yeah and, shifts and, and, yeah, and 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 so it should. Mm. How how then?
0: Do you feel that big brands can be supported or can they turn around and, and look at their sustainability credentials? Well I think they do. I mean M and S has had
1: Plan A for years, yeah. right? And they're evolving. Um and, and everyone is looking at it. But it's it's very you know, how do you turn the Titanic? Yeah. You know, it's not easy to do and you know, a, a lot of a lot of, you know, change management has to it has to come from the bottom up and we and, and I think the industry spends so much time trying to do it from the top down. And so it's really, really hard. Um, for them to, to turn mm-hmm. that ship but we have to it's a do or die if you don't change then the consumer will vote with their feet yeah. um, and that's what we're seeing now and that's why we're seeing you know niche being 30% of the of the global beauty market because the consumer is making those choices mm-hmm. and and also we curate now you know when I was a clinic consultant my, my customers used everything you know shampoo, yeah. conditioner skincare, body lotion you know makeup etc 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 now we all curate our beauty yeah. wardrobes and we curate our fashion wardrobes you know we put a pair of Levi's with a pair of Aquazura boots you yeah. know it's like it, it's just how it works mm. now and so I think that it's very very exciting and, and you know I mean I've got a, a Windsor London uh, cashmere cardigan on and it's got holes in it in quite a few places <laughs> but I'm determined to sew them up you know t- five years ago that would have been binned because the charity shop mm. wouldn't have wanted it and I would have thought you know it's not and I'm I'm not wasting it anymore I'm going to yeah. stitch them up and I'm I'm proud of my holes. Yeah.
0: And another great female story the, the lady. Kim yeah, yeah she's amazing, amazing she's yeah. a dear
1: friend an amazing yeah. woman her clothes are f- phenomenal yeah. and the first woman on the on the board of Marks and yes. Spencers yeah. so you know she's been a great mentor yeah. to me when I won my award award for contribution to industry she actually presented it mm-hmm. to me at uh, cosmetic executive women so That's yeah amazing. A, a proud moment yes I bet um how do you relax apart from a nice
0: soak with the candles and the- um I love walking yeah so
1: I do a lot of walking um I uh there are silly things that I do like I body brush and face brush every day uh religiously every morning you're, honestly you're Face skin looks so radiant. Oh, thank and it's, you. Its brush, Is yeah, it a it's, brush a, it's a wooden hand brush. Little, and actually, okay. someone said to me, "I think that you've, um, I think you've helped Amazon sell out of those <laughs> small brushes because you always talk about them." But in the same way that a man shaves, I use a yeah. small wooden hand brush, uh, soft bristles, mm. to brush my face every mm. morning. And I, I uh, dry body brush. I don't wash with uh, warm water in the mornings. I have a cold shower mm. every morning. Um, I feel that stimulates blood flow. I stretch, I do a little bit of weights in the morning. Um, I laugh a lot. I mean, I you know, I try I, I don't know, maybe it's my uh, my emotional intelligence levels are high, but um, you know, I laugh all the time I, I I make sure that um i I do that, and i'm 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 happy. and when i'm when I'm not happy, I stop doing something to get back to my happiness. Yeah. you know I always say, you know is it kind is it necessary you know I'm always telling myself that asking myself those questions and I also believe that we should spend um, a lot less time listening to our you know what our mind is is saying and and telling ourselves how we want our life to be and to find our joy and so I think that it's it's everything Uh, it's a bit of everything but yeah I mean Yeah, on the dating apps, I'm doing all right, because I can pass (laughs) as a 45-year-old instead of a (laughs) 54-year-old. I'm not surprised. (laughs) Amazing. Um, Still challenging, though.
0: (laughs) I know, oh, God, I better not say this, but I actually quite
1: want to have a go on. (laughs) It's interesting. I haven't seen anybody else's husbands yet, which is is a relief, but... um... Yeah, you know, oh, pop up, gosh. not dating, but you know, <laughs> pop up. Um, but yeah, it's 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 interesting. I mean, again, you know, you, you, we can't take ourselves too seriously, yeah. and it, you know. Uh, if you're not happy, I, and when I go into any business, the first thing I get when I, you know, when I have a, uh, a come to Jesus meeting, kind of get everybody in the same room, we have a town hall. I always say, you know, if you wake up and you are not enjoying what you're doing with us as a team because we're all in this together, come and see me. I have an open door policy, and if you're really unhappy, I'll help you find a better job because I know so many people, and I'd mm. far rather you tell me and be honest. And me find you a better job, then you work here and be unhappy because you're just going to disrupt the status quo, right? And Mm -hmm. uh, why am I here? Because I want to be successful and I want you all to be successful. So, you know, and we're, I'm only as good as the worst person that works for me. And that, and I have a very, I very much have a bottom up strategy and not a top down. Uh, And so, and again, it comes back to, you know, being able to have a laugh. I mean, I've had my whole marketing team dancing to Earth, Wind, and Fire, you know, September, saying, you know, once we get Christmas out of the way and everything's done, (laughs) you know, (laughs) this will be us and i've had it you know on the on the sound system and getting everybody boogieing because you're at work a lot of the time you've got to be happy and you've got to and and again in changing markets adapting to change you've got to be able to inspire people to see things differently and Mm -hmm. and some of the greatest ideas have come from the most junior people feeling Mm -hmm. safe to be able to Mm -hmm. say what they need to Mm -hmm. say and I'm how, very lucky. How do
0: you encourage so that the junior people, but also a dive like a diverse network of people from different backgrounds, from different you know class systems, from different race, you know?
1: I think I attract them because yeah. I am that individual, and I think that you know energetically, um, you, you know, once you once you start to talk about diversity and you talk about your own personal challenges, you attract a different level mm. of individual and. It's from done, all walks yeah. of life, yeah. and and that's, you know, that again comes from being your authentic mm. self. Mm. So yeah. it's it, you know it it works. I, I can't tell you how I do it. Mm. I've not got you a clue. Just are, yeah, it just yep. it just is. Um, mm. But and I love that. Yeah. I love yep. the fact that, you know, that one minute I can be, you know, having supper with the Marquis of Northampton, and the next minute I, I, I'm talking to the um, you know the the parking attendant in the N.C car park in uh, portman square yeah right because that's what life's about right you know and 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 actually you learn something from from everybody Mm. there's so much joy to be had just don't take yourself too seriously
0: yeah
1: thank you (laughs) i won't (laughs) Uh, anything else you want to say no i I think that uh well unless there's anything else that you feel that you know I, i just you know i think that you should so one of the things that I do is I have a cosmic shopping list of okay. all the things that I want to achieve and so when as soon as I learned how to read and write I kept a cosmic shopping list so goals not just stuff although when I first when I first created my list it was to earn twenty five thousand a year own a Cartier briefcase and a mobile phone nice I, I couldn't tell you why, I even why wanted a briefcase because <laughs> all the reps had such lovely briefcases that used to come to me so you know so it's so um and I think that I'd kind of seen it somewhere. I probably watched it on Dynast- yeah, Dynasty, <laughs> again, Dynasty, yeah, Dynasty again, yeah, and uh, or Scruples or something <laughs> like that. And so, um, you know, I went from reading Janet and John books to Jackie Collins and you know uh, Jilly Cooper. And so I, I kept this kind of list of things that I wanted to achieve, and and I still have that list today. You know, I don't have the same handwritten mm-hmm. list. So you just get your little Let's diary and write them in, mm-hmm. and then you know transfer them until I achieve them, and then you know, and now they're on my phone, um, and I to them and I take things off and I add things on and actually I think that you know you have to be an athlete in your own life if you want to succeed right you have to figure out how you're going to be an athlete and and I'm not saying you need to be Usain Bolt you know but you know if Beyonce wants to dance on stage for two hours she's got to be an athlete right she's got to be prepared for it and actually we owe it to ourselves to be the best athlete we possibly can in our own lives and what is that going to take and that is nutrition that is sleep that is you know that is exercise that is mindfulness that's you know having goals the things that you want to achieve Because if you're not pushing forward every single day, are you really living your, your best possible life? And I ask myself, every day is this my best possible life and there are a lot of times I put my head on the pillow at night and I think how on earth did I get here and all I can say is it was you know not being ashamed not being embarrassed keeping a list of you know objectives and goals and things that I wanted to achieve and enjoying the journey and Mm. each day just trying to push a little harder and and move a little closer to the goals that I'd set myself Mm. and it happens and so and if I can do it Anyone can do it. you just got to have a plan. Yeah. Thank you.
0: Please take the time to subscribe and rate and review the show. Till next time, be sure to join the conversation via Instagram at Black Neon Digital, Twitter at Digital Neon and online at blackneondigital.com.